0: Hi, we're the Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Ben in LA and Gary in Santiago. Um, Ben, what was your football moment of Double Game Week 29 so far?
1: This one is a really easy one for me. So just finished watching the Manchester Derby. Uh, Great performance by United, um, winning 2-0. A lot of highlights for me. Uh... edison being terrible i don't know if you saw um mctominay's goal he basically it's like the 97th minute he's trying to roll it out he misjudges it um and then mctominay hammers it in from like 35 yards that was that was fun uh he almost miscontrolled a back pass into his goal and just got got away with it um so enjoyed that as well and uh, yeah it's just a good game um the commentator use this phrase i've never heard before so i was going to quiz you guys on whether you know what this means he said uh bruno fernandez and gundawan are like two owls on the pitch do you guys know what that means two owls owls yeah uh...
0: well if
2: if if they mean by if they mean by that like sheffield wednesday players then they must have been having a shocker because because we lost 5-0 to brentford this week yeah uh...
0: so it's don't watching it's not every.
2: They're just watching everything. I don't know. They're being very wise.
1: Um, it's uh, he used it in the in the sense of like you know how owls their heads are like swiveling all the time. Ah. He's like uh, they're like constantly looking around them to see where where players are. So I thought that was I've never heard that before. I thought it was quite good.
0: You guys have got um, uh, Man City's number this season. Is that your third win against them?
1: Third win against them. Uh, Martial is the first player since uh, Ronaldo to score in both both fixtures against them too. So, yeah, have their number, it appears. Um, Raheem Sterling was awful too, which I really enjoyed. He's never scored against Man United. Did you know that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, that's that's been said a few times this season. It's <laughs> definitely like a hoodoo now. I'm so glad that Matt and Andy aren't here as well. Otherwise, uh, I think it would be too much Man United love in one pod. Yeah. And well,
1: I got I got my football moment out there for them as
0: well. That was for them. Yeah. Kerry, <laughs> how about you? What was your football moment?
2: Well, I was I was kind of going to go the same. I mean, after Matt had highly tipped Scott McTominay a few weeks back to see him kind of like slicing it home for or passing it home from forty yards. Um, so and I think if if uh, Matt, Matt's down under in Australia at the moment, trying to escape the coronavirus by uh, uh, hiding out. So um, if, if, if they do have football in Australia, Matt, you, you can know that Scott McTominay has just scored from 40 yards. So I'd get him in your team and maybe captain him next week. Um, and maybe one for Andy, because I know that he, he likes Solskjaer so much. I, I think this pretty much guarantees uh, another season of Solskjaer for Man United. Um, so, so good news all round.
0: And another season of maybe keeping the Hudo over Man City. Um, my my highlight is Arsenal-based. Uh, it's it's a bit of a dull one, but um, it's basically Arsenal's defence. Um, three clean sheets in the last four games is pretty much unheard of under Emery. And although in one of those games we conceded two goals against Everton, we still won that game. And it's uh, we've got a new guy in defence. I don't know if you guys saw, but against... Um, um West Ham, we had Pablo Mari playing this week, uh, our Spanish centre back who's on loan from uh Flamengo in Brazil. And he looked pretty good. He was quite impressive. Um yeah. So what's
2: it what's his FPL price?
0: He's four point eight. <laughs> yeah. Just That's a
2: strange, that. strange number. Right,
0: okay. He picked up a bonus point this week as as well, I think. Um yeah, but it's quite exciting having a new centre back, keeping clean sheets. This is Kind of unheard of uh, for Arsenal, um, so yeah.
2: But it's it's pretty. I mean, I know Arsenal have always got a crop of promising youngsters, and may, maybe this will be the, the the next Theo Walcott and Alex Iwobi, But it, it seems like with Saka and Inketia and Willock uh, Martinelli, it looks like Arsenal have got a really good crop of players coming through.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think a few of those in particular, um, Saka and Martinelli. I I'm really excited about. Um, seeing them kind of develop at Arsenal um, yeah and adding players like Pablo Mari looks like a, a quality decent player uh, on loan and maybe being bought in the summer um, so yeah things look good it is, that is my highlight um, for this week is a positive thing for Arsenal which doesn't happen that often. What about FBL? How How is your FBL going? Um, what's your FBL moment this week Ben?
1: I don't really have too much i hate my team right now <laughs> this was a game week where i knew i should have saved my transfer but i i couldn't help myself so i did uh jamie vardy because i think he he still has some injury concerns to route him and there's um expecting wolves to at least score one against brighton but as we all know that ended nil nil and we are podding on the sunday so just before just before i imagine Leicester beat Villa 5-0 with a Jamie Vardy hat-trick. I can already <laughs> see it. Um so yeah, not too much going on in my team. I'm currently on 35 points um
0: podding on Sunday. It's quite restrained as well not to go for a double game week player using your one transfer on a single game week player.
1: Yeah, I, I just figured I, I had De Bruyne and Aubameyang, who are probably the two people you really want in the double game week. And then I was just like, because, because we've got a plan for the, the future blanks and stuff, I was just like, I'm just going to leave it there. Otherwise, I'm going to have more surgery to take them out later.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll come on to the blanks after this section as well, because definitely need to talk about game week 31 coming up. How about you, Gary? What was your FPL moment?
2: well it's it could be a great moment it could be exasperating but i i did that old trick where i thought i'd change my captain but i never saved it so um yeah they, they should have like a, a bit like microsoft word when it comes up like you have changed your captain but haven't saved you. are you sure you want to exit or some, something like that on the on the website but um anyway i i when i when i saw de bruyne was had an injury doubt i wanted to change to marnie as captain um, but Marnie's my vice-captain um, and he, he just seems to be unstoppable at home, particularly at games at Anfield. And as well as scoring a goal, he picked up an assist for what was an absolutely appalling pass, um, about three yards behind Salah as he was running through on goal. But, but Salah still managed to, to get, control the ball, turn and, and slot it in. So um, completely undeserved three points. It probably helped him get the three bonus as well. Uh, with the assist, so I was I was pretty chuffed with Mane, but I, I'll be even more chuffed if I, I'm now hoping De Bruyne doesn't play against Arsenal midweek because then that 13 points will suddenly be 26 points for me, and Aaron Wambasaka would come off the bench with another seven points. So um, yeah, take a rest, Kevin. You, you don't need to come, <laughs> come back for Wednesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is what um, Pep said after full time. I'm going to quote him so you can you can see Gary. He said. He's getting better. I don't know when he's going to come back, but he's getting better. And that's all Pep said.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound great for Wednesday, does it?
1: No, it doesn't, which is unfortunate for us, because Gary's
0: going to get all these points. (laughs) Yeah. Gary, you also went a bit maverick with your transfer this week. Did you bring in Benjamin Mendy? I did. Um,
2: I, I kind of, I did want to double up on City and I kind of I I think Pep's maybe bottled the Man United game a bit. I think City went a bit defensive because Sinchenko hasn't been playing that much. Um but I was bearing in mind I I do think despite Arsenal's improvement, I think City will probably put 2 or 3 goals past Arsenal on Wednesday and I think Mendy will definitely play that one. So he could still come good
0: from uh, from one Man City fullback to another. My my FPL moment this week was, um, I don't know if you guys follow FPL Rockstar on Twitter um, for early Liverpool team news, um, but because the Liverpool game was a, an early kickoff this game week, there was a pretty high chance that he was going to tweet uh, early uh, Liverpool team news, which is kind of... Uh, yeah, just gold dust and FBL basically. So he's worth a follow on Twitter. It doesn't happen every week, but when it does, it's it's very useful. So he tweeted a, two or three minutes maybe before the deadline um, that Robertson wasn't going to be starting, um, and I I I kind of waited around for this team news because I thought it'd be you know quite useful, like maybe. Bringing in a double game week player or something like that, but I'm not good <laughs> with split second decisions in FPL. <laughs> uh, you know, when it's, when you kind of umming and ahhing what to do right until the last minute, it always goes horribly wrong for me. And I was pretty much dead set on bringing in Otamendi before I heard this team news. But then when I found out a, a big price player like Robertson was out, I was like, Hey, I'll splash the cash. I'll bring in Walker. He's the most, he's got the most minutes of any city defender this season. He's kind of guaranteed to start, and he's a no-show. <laughs> so that's my <laughs> FPL moment. Um, Pep Roulette striking in a double game week. Hopefully, he plays against Arsenal in midweek um, and and does something. But uh, gutting. But, yeah, FPL rock star, worth a follow, and maybe just planning scenarios, different scenarios, before the deadline um, so you've got your your plans in place and you're not just shooting from the hip do, like me. So d
2: do, do you reckon he's some kind of backroom member of staff at Liverpool? He's kind of the guy who lays out the kits and he's he he kind of has this inside information before before the
0: Liverpool teams on Twitter? I think he's I think he's press. So I think the press get the team uh news before um before it's actually released and it's mm. embargoed, but I think he's possibly breaking the embargo um just kind of subtly and secretly on Twitter uh, to lots of very eager FPL managers. Um, I assume that's what he is. But I remember, wasn't there a, a Liverpool backup goalkeeper who went to Leicester who used to leak the team news on FPL? Um, Peg, Peggy, I'll yeah. fix that. <laughs> I don't think it was Peggy. Um, But there's, yeah, it's worth, worth joining the FPL uh, Twitter community just for that every season, because every season there's someone, I think just looking at them now, I think it was Danny Ward, uh, who's now playing like third or second keeper at Leicester, who used to do it at Liverpool. Um, But yeah. There's a lot of leaks at Liverpool and that's quite useful because they've got a, a lot of good FPL players. Well,
2: after, after, um, the, after the Sturridge affair and him, his, his family all gambling on him moving to Sevilla. Yeah, they, they really need to sort that out at Liverpool, I think.
0: Yeah. And speaking of Liverpool, they're going to be one of the teams that are definitely playing in game week 31. Uh, so I thought I'd just ask you guys because it's, it's pretty close. It's on the horizon what are your plans for game week 31 and because it's it's all kind of wrapped up in uh 31 and the double game week's coming up what are you going to be doing after that what's your chip strategy so ben i'll come to you first
1: so in terms of chips what i have right now i still have free hit uh, my second wild card and bench boost and For game week 31, I've kind of worked out, I I currently have seven players um, who are playing. Um, So it's one of those annoying situations where I think if I had less players, I would definitely, it would definitely be easier to free hit. Um, But with seven players and two game weeks left, I can basically field um, 10 players with one hit. Assuming I save my transfer going into this next game week, um, so I'll have three Liverpool players, three Wolves players. I actually have Kiko Firminia, um, from Watford. Um, I think the question I'm asking myself is, what other players do I want to fill out the team? I think Saar from Watford is a. I think a lot of people um, think is a good shout. Um, Deli Ali from Tottenham is basically, I think, one of their only good players. He took he took their penalty this week. Um, West Ham not too exciting either. The other thing I'm struggling with is if I if I kind of say my free hit for the blank slash double game week 34, and I bring in players like Deli Ali, do I really want them <laughs> going forward? Um, so yeah, it's a tricky one. I think right now I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get ten players out with one hit, and then um, basically start building my team the rest of the season, and then trying three hit in thirty four. But yeah, curious to know what you guys are doing because it it is like I I don't remember too many seasons where it's been kind of this kind of tricky.
0: I don't know. I I always think it's tricky every season when it gets to this kind of <laughs> stage. There's so many moving parts. Um, but I think, based on the fact you've still got your wild card left, you've still got your free hit left and and your bench boost as well, right yeah then yeah that sounds that sounds like the stone strategy, like um you're pretty close to a game week thirty one team there's not a lot of amazing teams in game week thirty one so why waste your three your free hit on it i I think in your position, it makes sense, and I think it's different for every team for me, I've already used uh I've already used my triple captain, I've already used my second wild card. So I feel like I'm kind of stuck in a position where at the moment I could get out, uh, let me see, I could get out eight players for game week 31 without any hits, so maybe nine with a hit. Um, But then I'd be left with lots of players without double game weeks coming up and no time to get in double game week players before 31 and really, before thirty seven. Um so I I yeah I have to now try and shift out all of my Wolves players and Liverpool players and just build an entire squad um of people who are who have blanks and double game weeks coming up. So free hit in thirty one. Um yeah pick try and pick a weirdly try and pick a a bit of a differential team I think for thirty one because I'm behind you and Matt in our mini league, and I think there's kind of a set route that everyone who's building for 31 will be going down with three Liverpool, three Wolves, and probably going for the kind of main key players. I might have to do something slightly different uh, to have some kind of differential uh, to you guys. Um, and then, yeah, uh, players like Sheffield United, who are going to have two double game weeks, Aston Villa is uh, the same. They've got two double game weeks, so just trying to pick the best assets from those teams, um, so that when it comes to bench boost in 34 or 37, maybe hopefully I have enough players that some of my bench players are double game week players as well. How about you, Gary? Um, so I, I kind of had a, I had similar thoughts to Ben at first because I,
2: until I made it, I transferred out triori this week, but until that, I had three Liverpool, three Wolves, so but. I kind of feel like the free hit; it really is for something like where there's only four fixtures. Um, it really is designed to be played played this week. Um, so yeah, I've I've still got all my chips, um, and I, that means I can play around a little bit with those around 34 and 37. But I, I think the free hit is is asking to be taken in 31. So yeah, again, it's it's just a it's it's kind of tricky because almost with my free hit. You're still looking at the same three Liverpool players, the same two or three Wolves players. So it's, but the one thing I think the free hit does do is it 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 kind of makes you, your team rotation proof because if if you're just putting out ten players and if Liverpool decide to rest one of Salah or Mane, then and maybe Wolves do the same with Triore, so suddenly you can be down to only having seven players if you if you've got the free hit um you can at least have some i don't know cheap west ham defenders or burnley um attackers on your bench to to kind of come in if if um some of the the regulars don't play
0: yeah three three different strategies from us so i guess it's kind of a take your pick based on your team uh what you what you do but yeah interesting gary that you're planning on free hitting despite still having your wild card. for me I think, you know, the the amount of points potential you could get from using your free hit in one of those double game weeks, you know, you could be in the over 100 points if it goes well. Whereas, are you going to get that much of a difference using it in get blank game week 31? Like you say, it's going to be kind of a lot of similar players. Possibly. I mean,
2: it depends what... I mean, we've, we've seen this game week with Man City. Right? We don't know what they're going to do against Arsenal, but they've they kind of gone very badly against man united so sometimes you think oh wow they've got two games but you'd be looking at aguero de bruyne um, edison people like that and they've they've hardly got a point between them so i think sometimes it's better just to concentrate on having a good team and even though the liverpool liverpool are only playing once a week for the rest of the season um you kind of pretty much when when Salah and Mane play and Alexander Arnold, you know they're going to come in with points. So I, I don't. I made the mistake last year of tearing everything up just to focus on getting maybe ten players in my team who had a double game week, but it, it didn't do me much good.
0: We also have the factor of um, Liverpool possibly wrapping up the league in you know three games time or, or close to that with three wins. So maybe when it gets to thirty four or thirty seven, more likely. Maybe they're going to be resting for Champions League or just not as you know, not as focused and 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 as on it as they have been all season. That that's a definite worry I have because I,
2: I still have my triple captain and I'm thinking it'll be quite hard to pick a triple captain who's going to play a double game week. Um, just just because I think there's going to be a lot of rotation, particularly with City if they they're kind of going for the European Cup potentially Liverpool although. I think they'll find um, Atletico Madrid a, a tough game. So that might make things simpler if Liverpool go out of Europe, actually. But we'll kind of wait and see, I guess.
0: Yeah. Nice one. Interesting to see that we're all doing different things. I think it's, it's good for our mini league um, and we'll see, see how it goes in game week 31. Um, we'll take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to look at the game week 30 upcoming fixtures. Okay, Gary, you're first up with Watford versus Leicester. What do you reckon to this one?
2: Well, this is a great one because this is the most predictable fixture in the Premier League, from from what I can tell. Um, the the last three times Watford have played Leicester at home, they've won 2-1 each time. And the last three times they've played Leicester away, Watford have lost 2-0. Um, so as this one's at home, then that would point to another, another 2-1 to Watford. Um, and that's probably what I'd go with as well, just because I think Watford were so impressive against Liverpool, um, but they seem to be struggling a bit away from home. I think they were, they were perhaps a little bit unlucky against Palace to lose the, last week, but um, yeah, I, I think at home they're quite a strong prospect, and they've obviously got some good midfielders like Sa Pereira, uh, Decoré, who we all tipped at the start of the season, they've all been quite quiet, but now they're kind of coming good. At least I hope so, because I've I've gone for Decoré in my team. Um, for Leicester, it depends a little bit how they go against Villa tomorrow. We're, we're recording this before they play Villa. Uh, they're on a real slump at the moment. Um, they are still, they have still got the fourth best away record in the league, which makes them dangerous. But I. I could see them beating Villa, but still losing at Watford. So I'm, I'm kind of tipping Watford for this one.
0: Do you think with um, Delafeo's injury, then a player like Decore is more is going to be pushed further forward um, oh. in the Watford attack?
2: Well, I, I noticed before Delafeo's injury, they, they're kind of playing this 4-3-3, but he's, he, they had moved him a bit deeper earlier in the season. Now he's the one of the three that's kind of breaking into the box. Um, And again, he had a couple of chances against Palace that I saw on the highlights. Like he's, he is breaking forward and getting into the box because some of their forwards in that front three are quite good at, like Sars, good at dribbling and he attracts players towards him. And Dini's obviously a big battering ram, but they need that, that midfielder arriving late to kind of make them more effective. So um, I think Decore is a player that I've, I'm certainly, I I think Watford are probably going to get out of the relegation battle and they're going to pick up and him and Decore and Saar are the key men for them, I reckon.
0: Nice one. Ben, you're up next with Bournemouth versus Palace. What do you reckon?
1: So Palace, actually have won the last two of these fixtures, uh, 1-0 and 5-3. I didn't even know Palace could score that many goals, to be honest. Um, And uh, Jordan, Jordan Ayew has two goals in two. So that's kind of interesting. But I think in general, Palace have pretty bad fixtures. So not looking at Palace too much. Bournemouth, I think it's interesting because they don't blank in 31. And I, I, I don't think they blank in game week 34 either. So they, they have Palace, Wolves and Newcastle next. So potentially you could look at Bournemouth. Um if you feel really nostalgic, you could go back to Callum Wilson at seven point four, who who scored against. Um, I think he scored against Liverpool this past week, um, and you know they have plenty to play for because they're they're in the relegation zone. Um, so, I think I actually would. I'm going to back Bournemouth to win this one just because they're more desperate. Um, but definitely don't see it too high scoring.
0: Yeah, Palace three clean sheets in the last three games, so. It, might be a tough nut to crack for Bournemouth, but I I agree their fixtures kind of ward me off bringing in any of their defenders or anything like that at the moment. Yep. Okay, next up, it's Brighton versus Arsenal. This is one for me. Um, It's it's tough to say anything about Arsenal, really, because I think looking at the fact that we had a double game week this week, um, I, I just stuck with Aubameyang I wasn't really tempted by uh, other players that might come back to bite me. But it, at the moment, after the West Ham game, it doesn't look like it has. Um, I mean, Arsenal kept a clean sheet, but I think I don't really want an Arsenal defender in my team for the rest of the season. Um, and Pepe didn't return with points, although a few people could kind of took a bit of a gamble on him. Uh, might do it against Man City, but... Um, for This Brighton game, I wouldn't be transferring in any Arsenal players in particular. I think if you've got Bamiyang or any of the others, yeah, stick with them and play them because Brighton aren't on particularly good form. They're drawing a lot of games. And um, the only thing that I've seen from Brighton recently is that, uh, yeah, kind of four or five games ago, they were conceding three goals to uh, Bournemouth and West Ham. Recently, in the last four games, they've kind of tightened things up a bit more defensively. So they've only conceded three goals in four games and only one goal in each of those games. So it looks like they might keep things tight or be more able to keep things tight against this Arsenal team. Um, and this Arsenal team is also, like I was saying in my, uh, my football highlight, they're defensively more solid, three clean sheets in four, um, but they're not going out and, and battering teams. So I think this is going to be a fairly low scoring affair. Um, and not one for for transfers in for me.
2: Where, to be honest, where's that defensive solidity coming from? Is it the midfield is playing more conservatively, or is it is it this new centre back
0: Mari, or what? What's the change? No, I mean this is this is Mari's first Premier League start, I think. Um, so I don't think we can give it to him. I think I think it's coming from Arteta. I think since he took over, you saw his first few games, he drew them, but we, we were a lot more solid. Um, yeah, slightly more conservative, wanting, wanting to control the game in a kind of pseudo Guardiola way um, not rushing the ball forward at all um, slowly kind of pinning teams back and keeping possession. And I think it's basically, yeah, keeping possession as a form of defence, um, which has worked out. We still looked a bit shaky at times and conceded, you know, kind of slightly calamitous uh, openings. But, um yeah, I think the confidence the new managers brought and more control over the, over the possession, basically. Yeah.
1: Oh, I had a question, Duncan. Is, is Yang a, a season keeper for you or, or is, are you looking at him more long-term because he's kind of stuck out there on the left wing?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen that this season, him being stuck on the left wing hasn't really affected his output massively. Um, I think he's still in, in the... The hunt for the golden boot. Um, and I think, as we'll kind of come on to in a second, I think, um, when we talk about, um, yeah, yeah, strangely enough, uh, Norwich, Southampton, I think strikers uh, are in kind of limited supply. I think a few game weeks ago we were saying, oh, you know, we've got a glut of good strikers to choose from, but I don't think that's the case so much anymore. So, yeah, for the for this foreseeable, I'm going to be sticking with Abameyang. I think he's a player that you can, kind of rely on just to chip away with goals here and there, however well Arsenal are playing or however badly, basically.
2: I, I mean, if I, if I could go on to a little bit of a rant at this point, I, I feel like the strikers, the way they, the FPL's kind of qualified is like the most boring position. And it's really frustrating having to find three of them because I, it, it feels to me like half the players that are forwards, like, I don't know, Salah or... Sterling or Martial, they're they are all classed as midfielders on the game, so you, you're kind of left looking at the same list of about, there's probably about 50 strikers on there, but only about 15 of them actually play. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really hard finding the right strikers.
0: Yeah, it is hard and maybe it, it opens up the possibility of moving to just two up front and picking someone like Niketia or Greenwood or you know someone like that um and putting the money into a five man midfield. Yeah, eventually.
2: I basically had Connolly on my bench for the last sort of three months just not playing just because
0: he's cheap. Yeah. Um Gary, what do you reckon to Man City versus Burnley? Is this the, the pick of the litter this week? Um
2: so yeah, I think I think it might be um I guess this this again has been a very predictable game because um yeah, Man City have only lost once to Burnley in the last um I need to do my maths now. I should have prepared this. Um 26 36 46 years. Yeah. 40 in the last 46 years they've only lost once. Um and in recent in the their recent home games have been 3-0, 4-1, 5-0, 5-0 against Burnley. Um so that's uh, 17 goals to one in their last four games. There's a slight disclaimer there that two of those matches were FA Cup ties. So I don't know if Burnley maybe were kind of sacrificing the FA Cup and we know how seriously Pep takes the cup for competitions. Um, another thing I picked out from that, all those four home games that Aguero scored in each of those games. Um, it's also a game that Bernardo Silva quite likes. He scored in a couple of those matches. And then earlier this season, Man City won 4-1 at Turf Moor. And Aguero didn't score in that one, but Gabriel Jesus scored twice. Um, The only thing that I could see this maybe being different for Burnley is that, um, A, they're on a really good run. They've, they've, um, I don't think they've lost in the last seven and this match... So Man City are playing their extra fixture this Wednesday against Arsenal. Then this match falls on the Saturday at 3pm. And then immediately on the Tuesday, they have the home tie against Real Madrid. So I kind of feel like Pep is going to be up for the the game against uh, Arteta on Wednesday. And he's obviously going to be desperately gunning for the, the match on Tuesday against Real Madrid. So... It's the usual Pep, pep roulette. Um, but yeah, who, whoever Man City put out, it's still going to be Man City with kind 70-80% of possession. Burnley's kind of 4-4-2, trying to keep it narrow and playing very deep. Um, but yeah, maybe if the players aren't quite as good as usual, it might give Burnley more of a chance. But I, I still see Man City quite comfortably in this one.
0: You're a, you are the the FPL foremost Chris Wood fan what do you think about I mean he scored a goal this week what do you think about him for the rest of the season
2: I mean yeah he's a a very good player and I think I think any any home game that Burnley have he's a good one to put in he's always a threat at home and against the weaker away teams I think he's a threat but I'm correct me if I'm wrong but I I don't remember him scoring lots of goals at say Stamford Bridge or Anfield or or at uh, City of Manchester Stadium. So, um yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be playing him if I had him for this game.
0: Home to Watford in game week thirty-one, so maybe an option then instead. Definitely, yeah, that, that's, that's a very Chris Wood kind of game. Next up is Newcastle versus Sheffield United for you, Ben.
1: Yeah, I need, I need one thing to say about this game, nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be nil-nil. Uh, I think the only things I noticed were Lundstrom, seems like he got his place back last game. So maybe, maybe if you've held him this long, he may, he may be able to solidify his first team place.
2: Has, has, has Lundstrom uh, gone from being an FPL legend to an FPL troll?
1: Maybe, but I just got rid of him, so like I, I he can't troll me. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't follow him closely enough to know if it's rotation or he's won his place back. Um, so I think if he plays this game, I think it it could be it could be one where he's won his place back. Um, and then on the Newcastle side, uh, Sam Maxim looks a pretty exciting player, but. If I had defenders on any of these teams, I would be licking my lips at this fixture.
0: Shouts out to um, Federico Fernandez. Um, I think he's he's an awesome player. If you can stretch to the 4.5 million that he is, um, yeah, he he always picks up the bonus whenever they get a clean sheet.
2: Oh, I just um, took him out this
0: week. <laughs> oh no! I think they've kept they've kept yeah four clean sheets since game week 23. And every single time he's picked up yeah. a bonus. Two of those were three bonus. One of them's two bonus. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a lovely player I, to have. I basically couldn't,
2: didn't thought he just couldn't carry on being that lucky, but turns out he could.
0: Yeah, is it luck or is it just blocks and clearances and putting his head in in nasty places? I,
2: I think the bonus points that he's he's the right kind of defender to pick up bonus points, but. The fact that Newcastle keep getting clean sheets. I mean, this game, Southampton were down to ten men, which helped them a lot. Um, yeah, they they seem to either let two or three in, or they keep a clean sheet, Newcastle, which I guess is what you want.
0: Yeah, I do. I have wondered over the last few games how Sheffield United pick up the wins because they seem so much based on keeping things defensively tight. Um, But, yeah, I like your shout, Ben. Nil-nil sounds good to me. If you've got a defender from each, then you're kind of guaranteed at least one clean sheet. Um, Next up, it's Norwich versus Southampton. And basically, I think the only big talking point for this game, for me, is Danny Ings. He's in a huge number of people's teams. Uh, He was on fire and he was essential at one point. But now it's one goal in seven. Uh, not starting two of those seven as well. I think um, an XGI recently um, under one uh, for his last four games and just looking stats-wise a shadow of his his former self. There was some talk that with Redmond being out, his position might have changed slightly. He might be um, playing a more creative role, slightly deeper, and Shane Long is in the more attacking role, but um, whatever it is and whatever's happened, yeah, it, I think we need to think about potential replacements for him. Um, so we've mentioned a few of them already. Um, Chris Wood, for example, after this game week from 31 onwards, good fixtures, um, pretty sure to start as well. I think another good option is uh, Diego Jota, um, similar kind of price range, or you can come down from Danny Ings to Yota. He's in good form, also good fixtures. He plays 31 as well. So if you're building towards that, Wood and Yotta, and I think, are good potential options. And then uh, I think, you know, when, we're, when I was saying to Gary earlier, maybe it's the time when strikers are in short supply. Maybe we think about moving to five in midfield. I think maybe an interesting option, if you're not building for 31, if you're free-hitting in 31, worth considering, is Billy Sharp. He's 5.6. Um, He's got two double game weeks coming up uh he doesn't play all of the minutes but recently he's been getting consistent minutes in every game and he's picking up the goals as well um 5.6 can sit on your bench and if you have a bench boost later in the in the double game weeks you know he's the kind of player who might pick up uh, a goal in each fixture and boost you up the rankings so I think that's worth considering if you're, if you're going to go for five-man in midfield rather than Nketiah, who might lose his place to an informed Lacazette, and Greenwood, who might just not turn up for one of the games uh, or at all. Anyone else? Yeah, the, the,
1: the only thing I've heard about Southampton, too, to add to your point is I think there's an argument they're on the beach already because <laughs> like they kind of mid-table, not really in the relegation fight. So a lot of people, I think the Redmond one is a big one, but a lot of people are saying also like their team is just on the beach.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And and players around them in the league maybe start to keep an eye on them, like Everton losing heavily this week, not far, you know, 12th position, um, not looking good. Palace as well with the nasty fixtures. Yeah, good shout, Ben. We have to consider players getting their flip-flops out, don't we, this time of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Gary, what do you reckon to Villa versus Chelsea?
2: Um, Well, yeah, there's definitely a lot riding on this game with both ends of the table. Um, I think on paper it seems like a a Chelsea win and you're looking at... Villa have got one of the worst home records in the league. I think they're 17th in the home table and Chelsea are the third best away team. Um, I guess the past fixtures don't really count much for this one because they, they haven't played each other much for the last few years, but... Villa have lost nine out of the last ten against Chelsea, and they lost two one at Stamford Bridge. Uh, so Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount scored the goals for Chelsea in that one. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think Chelsea will be looking forward to this one. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe one player to pick out is Reece James for Chelsea if their defence they got a clean sheet this week and he's kind of playing that wing back role. So. 5 million is a little bit pricier than some of the other defenders but um if Chelsea are kind of firming up at the back um yeah maybe Alonso as the other wing back but he's he's a lot pricier um they they're worth looking at um so yeah i think i think i'd back chelsea for this one it's it's really it it might just come down to villa might start to get a bit desperate so whether that helps them or hinders them in the relegation fa- uh, fight we'll, well we'll see i guess
0: Got really nice fixtures, despite the fact they're they're missing game week thirty one, haven't they? Up until kind of game week thirty six, it's a sea of green for them.
2: Villa is that?
0: Oh, no, Chelsea. Chelsea. Villa, Villa are awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: and I'm. I think yeah, and they're obviously still pushing hard to get the Champions League. The only thing with the tricky thing with Chelsea is just their consistency. I, I think Lampard is a young manager, and. the Quite a few of their key players this year are guys who, who are kind of having their first major season in the, the Premier League. So they, they do throw in the odd shocker, Chelsea, that you you don't expect. Um, but yeah, I might have to start looking at, if Abraham's over his injury worries, I might have to start looking at him again as a, as a potential striker. There's
0: a bit of a differential now as well. Mm. Ben, what do you reckon to West Ham versus Wolves?
1: So West Ham, don't blank in 31, but I'm not terribly excited about a ton of their assets. I thought, I thought Antonio, I think at 6.9, looked pretty lively against Arsenal, but not, not very clinical. Um, I think everyone knows about Wolves. You know, don't blank in 31, good team on form. They've actually won this fixture um, the last three, 2-0, 3-0, 1-0. And I think we've we've talked previously on the pod on I would be plundering their assets. Like you got Bolly, you got Saiz, you got Darty, Jota, Jimenez. Um, so I think I think a lot of managers should be stocking up on their Wolves assets in the next couple of weeks. I think the only the only question mark is a tough tie against Olympiakos um, in Europa League kind of stacked in between all these fixtures. So there is a chance of rotation. And didn't didn't Olympiacos knock knock out Arsenal Duncan? I forget. Uh
0: yeah, I forget as well. But <laughs> I've got a question. Are they a good team? Yeah, they're a good team. Good defensively as well. Um yeah. is it is it time to especially with the blanks coming up is it time to get rid of uh Traore with his tricky shoulder?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I've read he's dislocate um had it come out a couple times and they've just popped it back in. Um and he definitely seems rotated between Europa and Premier League. Um, so if you can spare the transfer, I think he's a good one to get out. I I personally, I'm just hoping he starts in some of these games because I don't want to waste the fixture. But
2: um, I think
1: yeah, I think it's definitely a good shout. I think his
2: shoulders are too big. It'd probably take two men to pop <laughs> it back in. Yeah,
1: that's
0: the issue, isn't he's it? He's like the an muscles. action man figure, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Never have that problem. So there. Ha. Um <laughs> next up it's Tottenham versus Man United. Um uh this is one for me. I think yeah, Spurs are pretty much a bonfire at the moment. Um it's just chaos there, Mourinho digging out their record signing. Um if we're looking for <laughs> That was so funny. It was <laughs> so unsubtle. Um if we're looking for a, a team in a bad moment, I think it's Spurs at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you picked out Deli Ali getting the goal this week as a one of the player, one player worth considering from their team. But uh, even then, like you say, do you want him for the rest of the season with so much kind of uh, negativity hanging over them? I think the the big players uh, for this fixture for me are Fernandez for Man United. He's starting to become essential. Uh, it's really annoying for me because both. You, Ben and Matt, have him in your teams, obviously, as Man United fans. And he's doing incredibly well since he signed. And I've kind of getting to the stage where I feel like even though it's not going to help me catch you, I feel like I have to bring him in just to just to match you, um, especially with a, a double game week for him as well, because, you know, he's on penalties now. Um, but I think Martial is slightly the forgotten man. Um, he's picked up, you know eight points three times recently in his last four games, I think. Um, his price has dropped. He's down to 7.9 as well. Um, yeah, he's been pretty consistent recently. Um, if you can't stretch to Fernandez, then Man United's fixtures after the blank from 32 um, pretty much until the end of the season are really, really nice. And they seem to be in a pretty good place at the moment squad-wise. So, yeah, I think Fernandez mentioning that word essential and failing that I think Martial yeah very consistent which has been his issue recently you know consistency and he seems to be getting that now so both really good options um defensively Gary I know you've got um Wembersaka and he's been doing pretty well recently as well is is he a player you'd recommend to people
2: I mean yeah he's he's kind of from that Fernandez school of he loves to get his tackles in so when pretty much like I think he's got another bonus point today. Pretty much whenever Manu keep a clean sheet, he gets bonus points. Um, he's not the most creative. You usually with a defender, you you look for someone who's going to go up for a set piece or put a few crosses in. I think he's only got a couple of an assists this year, but I, I quite like his uh, his tackling.
1: Nice. Yeah, there was one. There was one funny moment from today where. He he got the ball and I think he, he still thought he'd play for Palace, so he just lumped it on the field and Fernandez looks at him is like, just pass me the ball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the stare from Fernandez, you don't want that.
1: Yeah, he got the Fernandez stare. But yeah, Duncan, like the the fixture run, I've I kind of want to triple off on United till end of season. Like I think Fernandez Martial and one Bissaka could be could be really good.
0: Well, if we're talking about that five-man midfield getting rid of Ings, then yeah, like you say, doubling up on Fernandez Martial is a really nice idea. Um, yeah, because not people aren't really talking about that at the moment. Maybe go early on that if you're free hitting in 31. Yeah, nice one.
2: Just just going back to that in Domboli thing, like so Ben, you sent a clip of Mourinho kind of digging him out, and then I watched match of the day. And he kind of dug him out again in the slightly different words. I'm, w- I'm wondering how many interviews Mourinho has to do. He probably does the press afterwards. So he's, He probably has to dig him out and criticise him like 10 times to get his message
1: across.
0: It's so pre-planned. My other,
1: my other favourite Mourinho moment, which I also sent to the group, was he played five centre-backs against Burnley. <laughs> he played Dier, Vertonghen, Alderweireld, Tanganga, um, and Davison Sanchez. I was just like, what is he doing? It's
0: amazing. It's peak Mourinho. It's third season Mourinho, but in the first season, it's just beautiful as an Arsenal fan to watch. Um, yeah. Next up, it is the, the big game. It's the Liverpool derby, um, Merseyside derby, I should say. Gary, this is one for you.
2: Right. So I expect this game to be rubbish, basically. Um, so... On the one hand, you'll hear a lot of this stat that Everton haven't beaten Liverpool in 21 games, 10 years. But the games at uh, Goodison Park tend to be really dull. So the last five years, this game's been nil-nil, nil-nil, one-nil to Liverpool, one-one, nil-nil. So um, I think this might this this is a quite an interesting challenge because if um, if Everton do successfully manage to kind of nullify Liverpool again, then it kind of means our usual bankers like Mane and Salah might not be as effective this this, uh, this week. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, particularly as Everton have just lost 4-0 to Chelsea, they, they're probably not going to be wanting to play like a big, expansive open game. Uh, Liverpool humiliated them a bit with that 5-2 at Anfield and the beating them with the kids in the FA Cup um so yeah I, I expect everton to approach this one quite defensively and liverpool seem to have just lost a bit of kind of attacking cohesiveness so uh, and particularly with this kind of being around champions league yeah i just i just don't see liverpool kind of running riot in this one i i, I think 0-0 we seem to have said nil nil about a lot of the games this week, but um, yeah, a nil nil or a one one, or even if even if Liverpool do win, kind of a, a kind of a scrappy one nil where Everton don't open up after Liverpool take the lead, I can, I can kind of see it being that kind of game.
0: I think something I've noticed over the years that Klopp's been at Liverpool, he seems to it seems to rotate quite a lot against Everton, which I always it always sticks out to me because it's, you know it's the big Merseyside derby, it's a big game. And normally, managers take it very seriously and play their first teams. But I've always noticed how he doesn't seem to do that. He kind of doesn't place it as high, I think, as past Liverpool managers, potentially. And sometimes Rigi gets an appearance or something like that. So do you think that's a possibility with the Champions League this week?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think possibly, yeah. And again, it depends, um, yeah, if... If they're out of the Champions League, then suddenly he might be a little bit more relaxed about not needing to rotate players because he'll just have one league game a week coming in. Um, but yeah, it could be quite draining for them. Like the, the Atletico game might be quite a, a bit of a ding dong battle. And yeah, as funny as it is for the local derby to be uh, second priority, but this this is this is just bragging rights, really, because Liverpool have already got the league sewn up um yeah and I'm, I'm i'm kind of doubting i think it's been essential to have three liverpool players but i'm starting to doubt whether i want to have
0: three liverpool for the rest of the season now well i definitely don't with the lack of double game weeks for them so yeah i've i've already got rid of Oh god am i going to be brave enough to get rid of trent again after what how badly it went after christmas possibly not um what about whipping boys Ben, who are your whipping boys for this week?
1: Yeah, I think it's a tough week for whipping boys and captains because you're going to get maximum pet roulette with Burnley because sandwiched between Arsenal and Real Madrid. Um, Having said that, I still think whatever random team he puts out is probably the most likely for for whipping Burnley.
0: What about you, Gary?
2: Yeah, I'd, I had this down as a three nil to Man City, so I, I think I think this is where it's maybe maybe someone like Mares is, is could do a bit of the whipping, but uh, yeah, other other than maybe Arsenal's young guns kind of go uh, open up at, at Brighton and kind of give Brighton a good stuffing. That's the only one I could see as well, but I'd, I think I am going to go Burnley for whipping boys.
0: I think I am going to disagree with you both. I I think yeah, with that kind of. Champions League sandwich for Man City and rotation. And Burnley uh, being on a fairly decent form recently, I think I'm going to go for Villa as my whipping boys. Chelsea just knocked four goals in, pretty confident. And um, Villa shipping a lot of chances. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Villa are my whipping boys. But Burnley are our official ones based on you you two guys. Um, so watch out for the goals flying in for City. Um We're going to jump into a break, but when we come back, we're going to have a look at the listeners' league, see who's the top scorer this week, um, which we're quite excited about. Then it's the return of gut punts before we talk captains and transfers. Hey Ben, talk to us about the listeners' league. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. So I think our usual uh, top five managers a lot, a lot of the same players. So Harry Quinn, I, I, I unfortunately have now dropped to second place, which I'm sure the other podders yeah, are very well, happy about. Well, well, Harry,
2: <laughs> we, we can't have Ben winning everything. <laughs>
1: Uh, and then we have Rui Oliveira, John Hartepey. I think our fifth place entrance is someone new, DC, with his team Red Devils Rules. Uh, and some really good players in his team this week. He got 57 points. Um, McCarthy in goal with 12 points with his penalty save. Roman Sice with eight points. He's someone who has still has the Mane-Sala double up, which has worked really well. So that kind of rounds out the top five. Um, top game week scorer on Sunday, this is the first time this has ever happened, is our joint team. Yay! Uh, where we, we have 66 points this game week and our skillful management, where we decided to leave things unchanged, not, <laughs> not by accident, <laughs> on purpose, has helped us. Uh, we we also have McCarthy, we have Lascelles, we have Bolly, we captain Salah because um, we didn't believe in the double game week hype, and uh, Chris Wood with nine points too. So, um, and I think the really the masterstroke was uh, leaving Aguero on the bench. who only got one point. We'll see if he does anything at Arsenal, but. You know, we had a feeling that he would get rested and wasn't going to do very well against United. So, um, yeah,
0: definitely. Big pat on
1: the back for our team.
0: We definitely didn't forget. It was all about Chris Wood this week.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. We knew Chris Wood was going to deliver.
2: We we thought we thought Spurs five centre-backs, well, they need six really
0: to keep Chris Wood out. So, guaranteed to score. <laughs> nice one. Um what about gut punts this week, Gary? It's been a, a long hiatus. You've obviously, you know, moved continents, so we're taking a little bit of break. But we're we're back.
2: Yeah. So um. So yeah, I kind of was still struggling without internet here in in Chile, so I've been a little bit uh bit slow off the mark. But I think the gut punts are back now for the rest of the season, hopefully. And we're we're gonna just do because. We'll maybe go back to the monthly one in April, but in for for March, we'll just do a, a gut punt this week and next week. So um, so this is just for this week. Um, and so, Ben, you are going to go for a, a familiar face for your gut punt from, from
1: maybe last season. Yeah, a bit of a nostalgia pick, but I'm pretty convinced he has his first team place back, uh, is Marcus Alonso at 3.7% ownership, 6.1% price, Um, has got a clean sheet against Everton, got a massive haul against Bournemouth, 16 points, and then eight points against Tottenham previously. So, yeah, I think he's my pick. I I kind of actually would want him for my real team, but kind of hard to fit in given his price. But I think a good one for gut punts. And
2: um, Andy has been in touch from his mindfulness course to kind of tell us about um, Ismail Asar, so I think Andy's been kind of, um think he's kind of brought Sar in a couple of times to his real team and he's only at 2.7% ownership, 6.3 million. And obviously he tore Liverpool apart a couple of weeks ago. So Andy is backing um, Sar to do well um, at home to Leicester, which I think is a good, good pick. Uh, Duncan, what do you reckon?
0: I... I, as always, am split between a few different players. I was toying with Olivier Giroud, but that has bit me in the past, so I won't be going back there. Um, I, I like a dullard pick, so I'm always looking at the, the nil-nils, like Newcastle, Sheffield United. So the option of maybe going for Jack O'Connell, who still has a very low ownership um, and picks up a bonus every now and then. Or because of Chelsea's injury crisis at the moment, I think they're quite limited. Even Mason Mount picked up an injury this week. So they're quite limited for attacking midfielders. And I think Villa are my whipping boys. So maybe Pedro or Willian. But I'm going to go with the Dullard pick because uh, Sheffield United defence, I know you hate them, Gary, but I love them. I'm going to go with Jack O'Connell.
2: Okay, Jack O'Connell. Well... um... Just before, I'm going to break that um, pattern, but I'll, I'll just say we, we didn't get one from Matt. So we'll just assume he's Scott McTominay as usual, uh, especially as he just scored from 40 yards. <laughs> uh, I actually think um, Newcastle are going to break the Sheffield United defence. And I found a player, not many people have him. In fact, only 3,000 people have him. He's at 0.0% ownership. Uh, Dwight Gale for Newcastle. This is his moment. I I, I think that he's going to... He he actually was getting into some good positions um, against Southampton. And Newcastle had a ridiculously high XG for them of about 2.7. And I think Gale is actually a good player. He's maybe more of a championship player than a Premier League player. But then most of Sheffield United's defenders are championship players. So... This is the week for Dwight Gale. You, you, you've heard it here first and probably last.
0: But £5, five yeah, million, get,
2: pounds, you can't go wrong.
0: Get him in your team while he's still cheap, mm. for goodness sake. Yeah. Nice one. Um, <laughs> what about captains and transfers this week? Ben, I'm going to come to you first for your captain and transfer. I'm going to save my transfer
1: so I can... I can have two, or maybe more, for the the blank week thirty one. Captain, I actually don't know right now. It's on Salah. I'm hoping they get a penalty or something against Everton. Um, my, I'm actually what I'm really hoping is they get knocked out by Atletico in the Champions League, and then they'll be they'll be I think right up for it um, to try and seal the Premier League in the next couple, two or three game weeks. Um, so, yeah, come on, Atletico. I, I did toy with De Bruyne. I just think it's, it's going to be maximum pet roulette. And I, I just don't want to go there.
0: Yeah, so I'm thinking, how about you, Gary? I might,
2: De Bruyne is still in my thoughts because as long as, long as I don't have a City player as my vice captain, I, I think with, the thing with Sterling is he, he sometimes comes off the bench for 15, 20 minutes, but Aguero's the same, but with De Bruyne, I think he tends to either play or be rested. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, otherwise it's it's hard looking at the other fixtures. Um. Yeah, I think you would just have to go for Salah at Everton as maybe, or or if we actually, if you think it's going to be nil-nil, then Alexander Arnold would be a good shout for that because if it if it does turn out to be dull nil-nil draw, then he's he's banked a few points, and if it turns out to be a better game than we think, he's pretty. Prolific with the assists. Any any transfers for you, Gary? Uh yes. I'm. I'm. I mean, as I'm going to be doing my free hit next week, I might as well just use the one free transfer. But yeah, who knows? Maybe I might have to back up my ridiculous Dwight Gale shout. Um, or if not, yeah, someone like Martial for the reasons you were saying. Um. But yeah, I've got to, I think I need to figure out where I'm at with my injuries and where um, if De Bruyne is fit again and he's going to play. I think that's the main thing.
0: Fair enough. Um, I, I'm i going to, I've got two different options. I've got one, which is a bit more risky and one which involves a hit, which is a bit more dullard and a bit sad. So I, I've looked at it and I can I can get rid of uh, a Jose Perez who I brought in last week and I regretted the moment I brought him in. Uh, I could get rid of him. I could bring in Fernandez for Man United uh, and get rid of Bolly, I think um, as a, a player who I won't need, who doesn't have any double game weeks, and I could bring in uh, Dominic Cal. Well, no, sorry. I could get rid of Ings and uh, Perez. And I could bring in Dominic Calvert Lewin and Fernandez because I've got a bit of money in the bank, and that seems like a pretty much a no-brainer. DCLs on really good form. Um Fernandez I was saying is kind of essential and Ings and Perez are kind of a waste of space at the moment. So that's the sensible route. Involves a hit, but it kind of involves me swallowing my ambition of overcoming the quite big lead between me and Ben and me and Matt as well because they both have Fernandez and Matt has DCL and I'd be taking a hit just to match them. So the other option is trying to pick out players with low ownership, high point ceilings. Um, like last season, I think Gary, you did it with Sun or maybe Matt did it with Sun and kind of climbed the rankings that way. And I think that player I've found at the moment is Marcus Alonso. So I can bring him in at the moment for Willie Bolly. Um, yeah, playing as a wing back, really low ownership and no one else has him. So I've got the choice between yeah, the two different options and I'm not sure which way I'm gonna go. I'll see how injuries are after Champions League and stuff like that this week.
2: And Kyle Walker captaincy for you, Duncan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's only one captaincy this week. It's um Federico Fernandez. What an absolute legend. Um if there was a way of attributing <clears throat> more bonus points, I think he would have four um in this fixture. Um Maybe he's a cheeky vice captain, but yeah, it's between Salah, De Bruyne, and Abamyang, and I'm going to see what happens in the Champions League and see what happens with De Bruyne's injury at the moment. So, yeah, not sure. Nice one, guys! Um, if you don't follow us on Twitter already, give us a follow at FPL F, F- Fanatics, um, and if you like the podcast, please take the time to rate and review us uh, wherever you get your pods. Uh, we'd really appreciate it and it would make it easier for other people to find us and listen to us as well. Um so thank you for your insight Ben.
1: No problem and I I look forward to Marino rolling out six center backs against United.
0: Yeah, go for the record. 11 <laughs> 11. <laughs> thank you for your insight Gary.
2: My pleasure. And come on, listeners, let's, let's get Dwight Gale up to 0.1% ownership. So prove, prove that the FFF fanatics know what we're, we're doing.
0: <laughs> we're pinning it all on that. Um, nice one. And thank you for listening, and we will speak to you soon.